Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Danny Parkin Show. Thanks for hanging out, ending your weekend with me on the Danny Parkin Show, radio.com, sports, CBS, sports radio, Sirius 206, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. The number around here, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is 855-212-4227, brought to you by GEICO. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. We're going to get back to your calls in just a minute. But Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network reported today that during the bye week, Dak Prescott's people and the Cowboys people discussed the contract extension, but that it went nowhere. They, you know, do we want to talk? Do we want to talk? No. Are we far apart? Yes. Okay. That's the talk. And it looks like they're going to franchise tag Dak Prescott. If they put the exclusive franchise tag on Dak Prescott, he'd make about 33 million bucks next year. Average of top five salaries, top 10 salaries at the position or top five salaries at the position. And then. Next year, two years from now, if they did it again, it would be about $40 million because you get 120% of what you got the previous year. This is what happened to uh, Kirk Cousins in Washington, and these are fully guaranteed contracts. So players traditionally don't like the franchise tag because it's not long-term guarantee. But if you're a young, good quarterback, it's a ton of money that one year is fully guaranteed and teams don't have enough time when they're only tagging you for the one year to really find a replacement for you most of the time. So then they end up either signing you to a contract extension and now you're negotiating off of that higher number, that $33 million salary, or they franchise tag you again and now you've made $73 million guaranteed in two years, which is a ton of money obviously, but it's a ton of money compared to like what Carson Wentz and Jared Goff made. Those guys got a ton of money, right? 120 million, 140 million. Russell Wilson got 145, but still $73 million guaranteed in two seasons to then sign your long-term contract with the Cowboys or someone else. You're not going to be able to beat those guarantees for the most part by signing a contract. Now you might get a signing bonus that you don't get with the franchise tag, which can change things where you get one lump sum payment up front. But obviously all of this is great money. Obviously Dak Prescott is already handsomely rewarded by being the quarterback of the Cowboys because of all the endorsements. No one's passing around a plate for Dak Prescott. 
But what I think is interesting about this is if you look and you injected the Rams with truth serum and you said, hey, do you regret giving Jared Goff that money? My guess is they answer yes. Now, not everyone who pays the quarterback early would say that, right? My guess is the Eagles are fine with what they paid Carson Wentz. My guess is the Chiefs this offseason are going to sprint to Lee Steinberg and say, hey, you want $200 million? What do you want? Chiefs want to pay Pat Mahomes ASAP because the price of the bricks just going up. It's not going to get cheaper to pay quarter. People are like, oh, the next bubble – like there was the real estate bubble and then there's going to be the higher education bubble and then there's going to be the quarterback bubble. Why? Why is there going to be a quarterback bubble? I never understand when people talk about that. The salary cap goes up every year because revenue goes up every year and quarterbacks are still the most valuable position on the field. So maybe Pat Mahomes will set the bar and then that bar won't be cleared for a little while and Deshaun Watson will approach it, come in behind it. Lamar Jackson will approach it, come in behind it, whatever the case may be. But it's not as if at some point we're going to hit the ceiling and then the numbers are going to start coming down. For that to happen, the NFL would have to make less money next year or the year after or the year after, and all their trajectories are pointing way up. But if I was the Cowboys or in charge of the Cowboys, I would seriously consider franchise tagging Dak Prescott and then exploring a trade for Dak Prescott. Because to me, he is good. He is not great. But he is in a great situation. Travis Frederick, Lyle Collins, Tyron Smith, Des Bryant, Jason Witten, Amari Cooper, Zeke Elliott. This guy's entire NFL career has been blessed with all pro offensive linemen, all pro receivers, all pro running backs. He's like, I only have a pro bowl receiver. Like he, his situation has been perfect. He even has an offensive coach. Allegedly, like everything is built for Dak Prescott to be successful. And he's been okay. 23 passing touchdowns, 3,500 passing yards, 300 rushing yards, six rushing touchdowns. Those are his numbers every year. Every year, he's the exact same guy. And then a couple weeks ago, when uh, Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins are out, what does Dak Prescott do? Turn the ball over a couple times, take four sacks in a game, look super mortal. If you put Nick Foles in that situation, he would produce like Dak Prescott. If you put Alex Smith in that situation, he would produce like Dak Prescott. If you put Ryan Fitzpatrick in that situation, Jacoby Brissett in that situation, he would produce like Dak Prescott. But nobody thinks Jacoby Brissett is an elite talent. He got two years, $30 million. If you put Teddy Bridgewater in that situation, he would produce like Dak Prescott. Now, if you put Deshaun Watson in that situation... He'd be the MVP of the league. If you put Pat Mahomes in that situation, he'd be the MVP of the league. Does Dak Prescott make the players around him better? I would say no. He doesn't make them worse. 
He's not the reason that you lose the game. Dak Prescott's best skill set is that he doesn't turn the ball over and he doesn't get hurt. He always plays. Good leader, good guy, doesn't embarrass your organization, represents the Cowboys well. There's value there. So I'm not saying you get rid of him for nothing, but what I am saying is don't give that guy $140 million with like 95 guaranteed. I would do that. I wouldn't tie the next five years of my franchise to Dak Prescott because there's a lot of quarterbacks that can give you average production, which don't get it twisted. That is exactly what Dak Prescott has given you. Average production. So I'd franchise tag him and trade him. And I think that it's instructive because it seems to me to be easier to be productive at quarterback in this NFL because of the rules, because of advancement in coaching, where coaches are bending their system to the quarterback and making it more like their college system as opposed to bending the quarterback to their rigid system. So if I'm going to pay a quarterback big money, I have to be positive that I'm winning because of him and not just with him. Right? In Carolina, are you winning because of Kyle Allen or is Kyle Allen just long for the ride? Feels to me like he's just along for the ride. So I'd be careful to get rid of Cam Newton. But in Baltimore, are you winning because of Lamar Jackson or with Lamar Jackson? I think the answer is pretty clearly because of Lamar Jackson. Now, he's a guy if at some point you're going to have to worry about paying because of injury risks. You might want to limit the guarantees and maximize the signing bonus there. But you win because of Lamar Jackson. You win because of Mahomes. You win because of Wentz. You win because of Watson. Those are the guys you pay. You win with Baker Mayfield. You win with Dak Prescott. You win with Jared Goff. And maybe you don't win with Baker Mayfield. But like those are the guys that, you, that are just kind of along for the ride. Don't pay them. Do not pay them. There's no reason to pay a premium price for average talent in this NFL when more quarterbacks than ever are able to be productive and step in and look serviceable like Kyle Allen, like Gardner Minshew did for a couple of weeks. You'd have to, you'd be, if you're a Rams fan right now, you're sick to your stomach about what's happening with Jared Goff. And if I'm a Cowboy fan, I do not want to commit to Dak Prescott for the rest of this team's prime. You want all of Zeke and all of Amari Cooper and all of Demarcus Lawrence and you're like truly great elite players. You want all of their prime tied to Dak Prescott's talent? No, thank you. 855-212-4227. These are my top takeaways on this day in the NFL. What are yours? Let's go to Cleveland. Joe, you're on the Danny Parkin Show. What's up, man? Hey, hey, Danny. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm I'm not going to complain because we won today, but I'm not going to lie. I'm still concerned about Freddie. Um, and his play calling ability in the red zone. Yeah, I would be. I would today. be too. Yeah, I mean the, the red zone chances today were were one right after another, and I don't know if it was the play call or just our offensive line is just complete trash or garbage. I, I'm not sure which one it is, but when you have six or seven, I think it was seven opportunities in that one drive with the two pi against uh, Odell Beckham, and we still couldn't punch the ball in. Man, that that's concerning to me, and I just I just want to. You know, get your opinion on 
is, is there still a chance that Freddie can retain his job here? Because my hopes is that he can't. I, I, uh, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's a chance that he can retain his job, right? Like, he, he, he's the, he's one year in to being an NFL coach. I thought he was way underqualified when he got the job, but I will admit to being. Listen, I thought Cleveland was going to be a nine, a nine or ten win team this year. Like, I, I bought into some of the hype. I didn't buy into all of the hype because the hype got ridiculous. But I thought that they were going to be a, a team with a winning record and that they were going to be second in the division to Baltimore. I picked Baltimore before the year, but I thought that they were going to be better than Pittsburgh, and I thought they were going to be better than Cincinnati, and they're awful. Baker hasn't taken the step. They are ignoring Odell Beckham in disgusting ways. Uh, They're inconsistent with committing to Nick Chubb, and they have a terrible offensive line. So... They're kind of an all-star team. They got a lot of skill position guys, right? Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham, Baker Mayfield. Uh, they got a lot of guys who you know at a lot of glamorous positions, but the 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 meat of the team is is lacking. And here's the thing with the Browns. They kind of went all in. Right? You want to maximize your chance to win when your quarterback is on a rookie contract. But here's the key to doing that. One, your quarterback has to be good. We don't know if Baker Mayfield's good. Two, your coach has to be good. Doesn't look like Freddie Kitchens is good. Because you traded draft picks and all this to get Odell Beckham, and like th- this is your window. This year, next year, the year after that. That's your three-year window when you've got all of these guys, young Right, like you haven't paid Denzel Ward yet, you haven't had to pay uh, Miles Gary yet. You traded the first round picks for Odell Beckham. Like this is the squad. Soon you're going to have to pay some of these guys, and it's going to get tougher to really build up the rest of your team. So, if Freddie Kitchens got fired, I would understand it. You have to figure out a way to get Baker Mayfield to be an above average talent. Yesterday. So. Urban Meyer, ten million a year for Urban Meyer. Is that the is that the answer? I don't know, but I definitely think it's in play that Freddie Kitchens is gone after just one year. Now, two games against the Steelers and one game against the Ravens. Big divisional games against the best teams in your division. The uh, Steelers game this coming Thursday at home. Let's see. That other Steelers game is a marquee nationally televised 325 game. Like, let's see it. You're going to have a chance to change this narrative nationally and locally if you can beat the best teams in your division and have a good second half. And then you can just say, hey, it took us a while to gel with all of our new pieces and we're growing. I'd bet against it. I'd bet on Freddie Kitchens losing his job. We hear from your calls and your top takeaways coming up, and then it's last but not least. Oh, boy, do we have some doozies. And I might talk about that Dion Waiters edible story again just for fun because I can. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. Now back to the Danny Parkin Show. Which I appreciate you hanging out with, frankly. It means a great deal to me. It really does. I do this show on Sunday nights. It's a lot of fun. 
watch football all day, talk about it with you guys for four hours. What's better than that? 855-212-4227 is the telephone number. You know how we do. It's NFL postgame. I've given you all of my takes. I'm already looking for bets for next week. That's how sick I am. That's how sick I am. Had a winning weekend, best football weekend of the year. Did get eliminated in Survivor Pool. By the way, if you are still alive in your Survivor Pool right now, chop. My God. Colts lose today. Saints lose today. If you somehow are still alive in your Survivor Pool, you probably have, depending on how big it was, you're in the one, two percentile. I would be chopping up right now if I were you. Divvy it up. Get everybody like a, you know, 10x their investment and then play for the rest. Something like that. Got to negotiate some deals here. When you survive these types of bloody Sundays, we've had three or four just hot knife through butter eliminating people Sundays through the first half of the season. Falcons' biggest upset of this young NFL season. Jeremiah is in Atlanta, but he wants to talk Cowboys. What's up, Jeremiah? You're on the Danny Parkin Show. Hey, Danny. Yeah, hey, I just want to touch on the – I agree with you that that Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. And uh, I believe the same thing about Matt Ryan. He's just a good quarterback, not a great. I just want to see what you thought about him. About Dak Prescott? No, about Matt. Like Like where you put Matt. Matt Ryan. Yeah. Listen, man, I think that Matt Ryan is still plenty good. Like I was let me pull it up right here. Matt Matt Ryan last year was awesome. And I thought that he was gonna be declining at this point, but he's got every advantage possible. And I know that when he had uh, Kyle Shanahan, that's when he got the MVP. But Matt Ryan has only played in seven games this year, 15 touchdowns, eight picks. But what I want to do is I want to get his stats from last year because he's 34 years old, and that's why I would fire Dan Quinn because you've got arguably the best wide receiver duo in the NFL in Julio and Calvin Ridley. You've got a stadium built for a team to be, you know, a fast turf offensive team. And last year, this is what Matt Ryan did. He completed 69% of his passes for 4,900 yards, averaged eight yards an attempt, 8.1, uh, 35 touchdowns against seven picks for a passer rating of 108. He had the second best statistical season of his career. The uh, other one was the MVP year. Think about that. 33 years old, second best year of his career. Wasted. By Dan Quinn, a defensive coach, not being able to get a defense on the field. So, quarterbacks at this point, I mean, Phillip Rivers can still sling it. Rodgers can still sling it. Breeze, right? Obviously, Brady. Why doesn't Matt Ryan have five more really productive years to take him up to be 39 years old, given the inherent institutional advantages he has playing in a dome, playing with Julio, playing with Calvin Ridley? 
So, yeah, I absolutely think that there's plenty of good football left for Matt Ryan. You just need to get they've, – they've changed coordinators too much recently, right? There was the Sarkeesian problem. Then there was the, the uh, changeover from Kyle Shanahan. So there have been too many different offensive coordinators, which I think has sputtered their offense. But you get some continuity in there on offense, and you get a pass rush – so that they can play with a lead with that offense and then tee off on guys. like they, they should be built like those old Colts teams with Freeney and Mathis. Make that, you know, Vic Beasley a top pick. Get some guys in there to rush the passer and protect those leads. There's no reason the Falcons should be this bad. None whatsoever. Carl in Chicago. You're on the Danny Parkins Show. Carl, thanks for calling. Hey, good morning, Parkins. How you doing, bud? Chilling, man. All right, so when it comes to the Trubisky thing, I wanted your thoughts on this. Trubisky's contract ends, I believe, at the end of the 2020 season, right, going into the 2021 season. Well, they have the option to pick up his uh, – they can pick up his fifth-year option at the end of this year. So they, this year and next year, he's for sure on the team. They have the right to have him on the team in uh, – Two years, that would be $24 million bucks, and then obviously they can franchise tag him for two more after that. But at this point, there's basically no way they're going to pick up that fifth-year option for two years from now. So you got him for this year and next year. Right. And so right, um, right around that same time, there's four quarterbacks that are, also free, that are also free agents and their contracts are running out. You got Dalton, you got Brissett, you got Kirk Cousins, and you got Cam Newton. Now, I'm not mad at giving, a, giving Cam Newton a shot. Even if it's for one or two years, and if we got to make whatever trade possible, that's fine. But I also think that in addition, if we could pick up like like someone like Dalton or Newton or a veteran, and we get rid of Chase Daniel because I think when we got Daniel, that was under the presumption that Trubisky was going to be good and Daniel's a solid backup. But he's not ever going to be a starter, so we should just get rid of that roster spot. And I think in the next two years, we should try to draft a quarterback each year in the later rounds. And these two picks, we should let Nagy have some input and give him a chance to evaluate the quarterbacks and use his input to find a quarterback that he thinks will fit best with his system instead of doing it the opposite way where we drafted the quarterback first and then found a coach and kind of forced the quarterback to learn the coach's system and then have two late-round quarterbacks, Trubisky and a veteran, all battle it out and give Trubisky a fair shot to earn a re-signing of the contract. So that way there's no excuses, and if he doesn't earn the starting spot, he just sits on the bench for two years and yeah, for one, I mean, listen, I, I, I think that you're, I think you're basically right on and I appreciate the call. I think Matt Nagy will get a say in the next quarterback acquisition from the bears because they're not going to fire the GM Ryan Pace. They're not going to fire the coach, Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky will be here next year because why not? He's cheap. He's on the rookie deal. He's the second overall pick. And he occasionally flashes a high ceiling. So they're not – fans are done with him. I'm basically done with them. But they're going to play it out. And they should. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as there's legitimate competition for him next year. He can be on the roster as long as there's a legitimate competition for the job in training camp. Now, you probably get Andy Dalton this offseason. You probably get Cam Newton this offseason. You could probably try to get Teddy Bridgewater this offseason. You only have five, six draft picks, two second-round picks, no first, and you've got some serious problems on this team. But 
I would start drafting quarterbacks every year, which Ryan Pace said was a stated goal, but of course he hasn't done it. And I'd find my bridge quarterback. And maybe it's Bridgewater. But no, I would would find your next quarterback who can get you to be league average as soon as possible. And unfortunately, I've always wanted to take the big swing, swing for the fences, draft the kid with the ceiling, which is why I was on board with what Ryan Pace did with Trubisky. They drafted the project with the high ceiling. It looks like the ceiling came crashing down. But now, if you gotta, you want to win a Super Bowl and be con- in contention again while Khalil Mack and this defense is still in its prime, right? While Eddie Jackson's still on a rookie deal, Roquan Smith on a rookie deal, Khalil Mack still in his prime, uh, Akeem Hicks still productive, assuming he comes back and is productive, Eddie Goldman's still a beast. That's next year, the year after that. So if the Bears are going to win a Super Bowl with a great defense led by Khalil Mack, they've got two more years to do it, which means either Trubisky needs to have the miracle of all miraculous turnarounds or they have to sign or trade for a veteran quarterback this offseason who could get their offense to be league average. Because if the Bears had a league average offense, they'd be a Super Bowl contender because their defense is that good. So that's what they're going to do this offseason. I'm almost positive of it. I don't think the answer is draft a quarterback in the second round because they're going to try to maximize and win with this defense in this prime. And frankly, it's good enough. They should. They made the biggest defensive trade in NFL history when they traded for and signed Khalil Mack. No one had ever traded more prospects for a defensive player, draft prospects, uh, and no one had draft picks is the right way to say it. No one had ever traded more draft picks for a defensive player. No one had ever signed a defensive player to a bigger contract. They did both for Khalil Mack. So they need to figure out a way to get this offense to respectability while Khalil Mack's still in his prime. We'll do last but not least coming up. Now back to the Danny Parkin Show. With time running out, we still have a few questions we didn't get answers to. Danny Parkins gives us his thoughts on a couple of different stories in this week's edition of Last But Not Least. Before we pass the baton to Amy Lawrence, I turn it over to my executive producer, Ryan Hickey. He asks the questions. I give the answers. Let's go, Ryan. All right, Danny, so we'll start with a story that you hit on a little bit earlier, but just to rehash, talking about Deion Waiter's just weird suspension. So in case you missed it, he was suspended 10 uh, 10 games without pay after he experienced a panic attack on the team charter after he ate THC-infused gummies to help try to heal a stomachache on the way from Phoenix to L.A. (laughs) Wait, wait, I I missed that it was to heal a stomachache. Who said that? Oh, yeah, it's in the uh, ESPN article I was reading that. They, They said the reason for him... Uh, ingesting these gummies was to help heal a stomachache that he had when he was in Phoenix. Uh, okay. So, so the reason was he wanted to get high. <laughs> That's the reason. That Go ahead. What's your question? Um, so, so with that, loses out on one point two million dollars. So, out of that, everything that we just talked about, this weird, wacky story. What's your favorite part of it all? Oh, the stomachache excuse. Oh, I'm nauseous. I need to take an edible. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, because. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Listen, NBA players and pro athletes, people, 
humans smoke a little pot it's going to be legal federally eventually we're moving in that direction no one can be outraged by the act Dion waiters is just uh he's got some knucklehead tendencies i covered him at syracuse he was the guy who had the ego that in the pickup ball before his freshman year He was referring to himself as Kobe Wade because he said that his game was a combination of Kobe Bryant and Dwayne Wade. Like, that's just who he is, right? He is a rational confidence guy. But he has already been suspended once by the Heat. He's been passed over by two rookies, uh, by Hero and, and Nunn. They've been playing very good basketball. He has not been... This was not Dion Waiters' first time ingesting THC. I think we could probably safely assume that. Like, it was just, you know, allegedly, right? It's just a situation where he had too high of a dosage. And he had a little bit of a panic attack. And it got out publicly. And he won't say where he got it from because about snitches and all that. But my favorite part is now the stomach issue. Man, why can't, why can't we all just be adults here? And understand that it's not a performance-enhancing drug. It's not something that should be vilified. No one says you have to do it. No one says, you know, do it while driving or underage or anything like that. But, like, ingesting a recreational amount of marijuana is not a terrible thing. And soon, it's not going to be a crime. I don't know if that's going to be in a year or in five years or whatever, But in most of our lifetime, it will not be a crime. So any sort of like hand wringing or finger wagging over the Dion Waiter story is nonsense. But lying and saying it was over an upset stomach, that is hilarious. We've all had too high of a dosage. We've all been there. Freak out a little bit. Feel like you don't have any uh, joints left, like your shoulders and your knees and your elbows aren't working. Maybe you can't lift up your arms. Maybe you fall asleep. Maybe you repeat yourself. Maybe you get cotton mouth. Maybe you get uncontrollable fits of laughter. Maybe you eat two bags of Doritos, not the party size ones, or not the individual size, the party size, you know, whatever. Different strokes, different folks. Dion Waiters had a bad reaction. Be safe out there, kids. These edibles are potent. What's next? So let's look with the NBA. Another big story this week was load management. Now, this started yeah. earlier with Kawhi Leonard sitting out a big broadcast game against the Bucks. Uh, many fired back at, at Kawhi, uh, realizing not, or not realizing why he was sitting out, including ESPN's Doris Burke. She was very vocal, couldn't understand why Kawhi was not playing against Giannis. <clears throat> Excuse me. So obviously this has been around since 2012, but is this, is this, does NBA have a load management problem? Yes and no, because the NBA is making money hand over fist, and the NBA is only going to make more money as the broadcast deals come up because the NBA is very popular with young people overall and internationally. So the NBA doesn't really have any problems, right? Like The NBA is a very healthy, vibrant entertaining, growing business. The league is in a great place. This isn't like post-Jordan where they didn't know who the stars were or face of the league. 
LeBron is still the face of the league, but there are a ton of young stars beyond him that are going to carry that torch, right? You got Durant, you got Steph, you got Kawhi, you got Giannis, like on and on and on and on. So many great players, Trey Young, Luka Doncic, like you've got young stars. So the NBA is healthy. Zion, hopefully. So the NBA doesn't have any real big problems. But the NBA, I'm sure, would prefer to fight the narrative that their regular season doesn't matter. And if you have guys, superstars, who are basically healthy scratches for really vague, ambiguous reasons with a high degree of regularity and showing no interest or care for the national television games, that narrative is the type of thing that can spin out of control and get weaponized against you by just people who hate the NBA, want to see the NBA fail, like to complain, whatever the case may be. Right? Like you can just take something, co opt it. And so then you can say, see, the NBA regular season doesn't matter. See, NBA players are lazy. See, NBA players are overpaid. When this is happening in all sports, did you see what Andy Reid said about sitting LaShawn McCoy today? He said, LaShawn's getting older and I want him healthy for the playoffs, so I have to manage how I use him. That's load management. In baseball, Cal Ripken Jr.'s consecutive game Ironman streak will never be broken again because no one wants to break it because why play 162 games at 85% capacity if you can play 145 games at 100% capacity? Like We're learning more about sleep and rest and recovery and nutrition and all of these things where the Clippers, it doesn't really matter if they're the one seed, the three seed, or the five seed. All that matters is they're in the playoffs and they're healthy when they get there. So the NBA just has to get it to the point where it's not a farce. They have to be transparent. They have to be honest with what they want. And they have to make sure that these teams are not fabricating injuries with a high degree of regularity so that they get mocked for it. But that doesn't mean that Kawhi should have to play 82 games a year. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, There's a way to split the apple here where the narrative is our regular season matters and our guys are going to play when they're healthy. However, rest isn't a bad thing. All teams in all team sports that are long seasons use rest, right? NFL players rest guys in preseason games. Uh, When they clinch the playoff spot at the end of the year, they don't play in week 17. But there's not a lot of time to sit, guys, because there's only 16 games. So football is impervious to this conversation by and large, but it still creeps in in some ways. Preseason, week 17, situations like LaShawn McCoy. So it exists in all sports, but what matters is how you sell it to your fans. This Kawhi story was a little blip. If it turns into a huge thing, they're going to have to do some damage control. But right now, no, not a big problem for the NBA. What's next? So wrap up with this. It was a hell of a day in college sports on Friday as two major stars were off the field. So Friday morning, Ohio State announced their star defensive end Chase Young won't play on Saturday against Maryland because of a possible NCAA violation back in 2018. We then learned that it was he took a loan out uh, to pay for his girlfriend's flight to go to the Rose Bowl, which was then since repaid 
Now, Kirk Herbstreit of ESPN is reporting that it possibly could be a four-game suspension for Chase Young, maybe reduced on repeal to two. And then just a few hours later, the NCAA announced that Memphis star basketball player James Wiseman was ineligible because his mom received money from now head coach uh, of Memphis, Penny Hardaway, but before that, an AAU coach that Wiseman was going to go play with when he was in high school that Penny was coaching. Um, So receiving that made uh, Penny a booster and then thus made James Wiseman ineligible. Wiseman is currently suing the NCAA to get his eligibility back. So what do you make of them? These are two huge stories with two huge stars. What do you make of these two uh, stories and these violations occurring? So bad day for the NCAA just because of the headlines. By the letter of the law, both correct for the suspensions, but it feels like, especially in the case of Chase Young in Ohio State, like getting 20 years for jaywalking. And so the problem that the NCAA has is even when they're right, they're wrong. Right? What the Memphis kid did is a violation. And it's shady on a little level, and it's corruptible. And technically, what Chase Young did is a violation. But logically, neither should be. You should be able to take money to fly your girlfriend to the Rose Bowl, but you shouldn't need to have to take money because there's you're Chase Young. You're going to be the number one pick in the draft. You should be able to sell autographs. So... The problem that the NCAA has is when they're right, they're wrong, and they get exposed for their hypocrisies given all the money that's around these athletes, number one recruits in basketball, football, etc. Thanks to Brady McCullough for coming on, Ryan Hickey, my executive producer, everybody who called, listened, got me on the air here in Chicago and New York. I very much appreciate you. My name is Danny Parkins. This is the Danny Parkins Show on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.